hello there, sir. What's up, buddy? Back in our regular Monday night slots. So, Mr. Peterson, welcome to Family Matters. Kevin yeah, Peterson, man. Jay Staples. What's going on, yo? What's happening out there in, in Texas land? Oh, everything, I'm sure. Everything happens in Texas. Isn't that what they say? But uh, anyway, it's starting to warm up. So, uh, I'm a big fan. So, anyway, I can play some golf. <laughs> and when I can play golf, I'm a happy guy. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, creep this guy out. He's going on vacation, but uh, Instagram, Kevin W. Peterson, uh, family coaching. We actually have a really good question about family coaching that we'll get right into it. But uh, right. US, uh and Chronic Hope Facebook page for all your families. So reach out to either one of us and we'll get you involved with any of those things. And this one came, she was on your website, she said. So you have a website traffic, but what is the difference between family counseling and family coaching? And then what is the difference between case management and recovery coaching? Well, gosh, great questions. Thanks for going to the website. That makes me really happy. Um, first question, uh, fam, what's the difference between family counseling and family coaching? So family counseling or family therapy is done uh, under the guise of a licensed therapist in your state. And it's really designed more to dig into whatever the issues, structural issues of the family system that you're having, that you've got going on. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm licensed in the state of Colorado. I'm licensed in the state of Florida. And so I can do that kind of work. Um, family coaching is more designed toward targeting a specific situation. So uh, we, I like to do the coaching, helping people understand what's going on. People come to me because they have someone in the family that's struggling with substance abuse or mental health. And so we do specific work anywhere in the country with families anywhere in the country, not specific to Colorado or Florida. And we have uh, we work with them on how to address that. It's a lot less designed to go after a lot of the internal structure of the deep rooted family issues that therapy is more designed for. It's much more problem solution, problem solution, problem solution. That is the quick and straightforward answer, the difference between coaching and counseling. What's the difference between case management and recovery coaching? Okay, that's a great question. So I would tell you that what I do is more clinically oriented. Case management is something that is kind of a catch-all phrase. Um, it tends to be more along the lines of uh, a lot of resourcing, um, helping people sort of guide people through a process. It's a lot less um, you know, how do I, how do I deal with this? What's going on with this emotionally? Uh, it tends to be like, Hey, you know, he wants to go to Austin. Who should we call in Austin? He wants to go to Delray beach. Who do we call that's case management recovery coaching. And, and I'm going to let Jay do a better job of that than me, but recovery coaching is something that when I work with a family, let's say somebody comes to me and they have a 25 year old who's struggling with addiction um, and some mental health issues. What I say is, let's tell them, hey, you know, uh, the boundaries are no drugs, no alcohol. You got to work full time and we got to set up some parameters around behavior in the family. But we're also going to get you a coach who's going to help you with all this. We don't want to just throw them into the deep end and go, hope you can swim. You know, what we want to do is give them some help. We want to we want to say, hey, we love you and we want to help you. 
And so we're going to give you someone who's going to help you through this process. So that's what I think coaching is all about. But Jay is a sober coach or, you know, a recovery coach. I'm going to let him talk about that. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, it's, it's much what uh, I think case management in, in my world, I don't obviously get into the family counseling, family coaching. My world is, is case management and recovery coaching. Uh, case management is just a buzz term. Uh, I think everyone's claiming to do case management and so forth. Uh, I just always tell people the difference between case management and recovery coaching is, you know, we kind of what Kevin was talking about coaching with me is, and I don't necessarily do case management, but coaching is particular working through the issues and so forth like that and getting to issues, life, business. I mean, get, get everything off the ground. I mean, be there. Case management, there's a lot of firms out there that do a really good job, but I mean, that's that's more uh, creating a, a whole team approach, whether you got a psychiatrist and a Kevin Peterson and a therapist or, you know, IOPs and sober living. I mean, everyone. So the case management kind of oversees everything. And sometimes I actually get included on a case management team and do a coaching and then basically answer to the case manager. So case manager, I hate using this, but it's kind of more of a babysitter when the families understand is so they're making sure that they're going to all their appointments and, you know, therapy and, and so forth. And they kind of get all the same information and then they, they pass it to the family and so forth. And so all the information kind of go funnels up to a case manager. Now there's a lot of people claiming that they're a case management firm, case manager, I always get a little leery about it because, uh, but what I love to do is one-on-one -on -one coaching and that's basically issues work, you know, everything from getting their, you know, you know I do some of their executives are, they're already in an office and we work through what it looks like for a, a work recovery balance and so forth like that. Some are young kids and, and maybe just, we need to work on, uh, life skills and resume building and interviewing and school and, and so forth like that. I mean, so to me, case management and coaching, coaching is just a, a specific aspect of case management in my world. So that yeah. makes sense. Absolutely. hundred percent. I hope that answers the lady's question. I did too. <laughs> she was probably expecting like a quick answer, but you know what? We don't do quick answers here. Yeah. You I know, think we've had this no one a couple of times, answer. but, uh, my son is using THC for weight training for football season. He says that it helps with body recovery. He is 17 years old, and I'm concerned about his usage and hiding amounts used. <laughs> Next question. No. Uh, Mom, no. Dad, whoever that is, that's nonsense. That is absolutely yeah, so let's just let let's okay. Oh, let's. By the way, you got a message. Matthew Bikert Beekert said, "Just want to drop by and say what's up to Jay." Um, um, there's a reason why if your son tested positive, uh, he would get kicked off the football team uh, because it's illegal. And and that that's the answer to the question. And and there is no there is no uh, there's 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 no oh hey you know it's good for him and it's you know it it no nonsense complete nonsense there's no evidence there's no proof uh, no 
if he's struggling with, um, you know, muscle recovery, et cetera, et cetera, uh, go see a sports nutritionist, go see a sports trainer, uh, go see any one of those people, go talk to the coach, go, I mean, your son is hustling you. He has come up with a great reason for he can start getting high. Now, if your son wants to use CBD, um, I think that might not be a bad idea. Um, there's certainly a lot of positives there, but there's CBD that has zero THC in it. So let's just be super clear that the, the properties of CBD that help you with your body recovery do not require THC. So this, this is actually, a, an, I don't know where it started. I mean, maybe it's an Instagram, maybe it's a TikTok. Uh, I've come across this actually, mm -hmm. where the young people believe, and it's I, I think at the heart of it, it is an excuse. I think Kevin exactly right, and so, but I think it's interesting that this is a uh, this seems to be a theme with the youth of the young people claiming that THC helps with weight uh, programming and weightlifting, and you know eases your. Uh, I think it, I call it the NFL. Uh, memo there's a couple nfls back in the years past have always said like they needed to so maybe that's where it is but this is legitimate and i've heard others but kevin just said it all i'm not going to add to it put an x to it uh, yeah well and the other side of that too is that when we're talking about um nfl players that are have been playing for 10 or 15 years that are enduring massive amounts of pain um that might be one thing. Your 17-year-old that's telling you, oh, I need it for a muscle increase. It's like. <laughs> we get everything. We answer them all. Nice try, uh, my, though, Chief. My 29-year-old daughter has a long history of drug addiction. She has mm -hmm. gone to numerous treatments, yet I'm extremely worried about her drinking these past five months. She says she is not using drugs. So this is the case of she's got a drug problem and now she's drinking and some people believe that there's a separation sure and and i get that um sort of and uh you know <laughs> i would tell you that my friends that have long-term recovery from drugs that consider do not consider themselves to be alcoholics will also tell you, funny thing, when I drink, I end up doing drugs. <laughs> and, and so I've decided that even though I'm not an alcoholic, it's probably not a good idea for me to drink. And that just makes common sense. I, I've, 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 I've never really seen someone who's a, a true straight up addict that can drink alcohol uh, in a controlled fashion. And that's from my friends that are addicts, straight up heroin addicts, straight up coke addicts, straight up whatever addicts. They're like, you know, funny thing. I used to say this sort of thing all the time. And then I realized, you know, every time I tried to actually have a couple of beers or a glass or two of wine, no big deal. Next thing I knew, I was calling the dope man, you know. So how did that happen? So I would tell you that I don't know that that's something that I think is a good idea. Now, this may be something your daughter needs to work out for herself. Um, I, you know, I, that's up to her. Uh, I would also say that, you know, I would say that this is one of those things that she probably needs to talk to her sponsor about, her therapist about, and have some level of accountability. 
if you are funding her um, and you know that she's drinking and that she's a drug addict, I would make sure that you are drug testing her and make it super clear. Oh, okay, great. You're drinking. Great. No problem. Um, you'll be taking regular drug tests because I just, I'm sorry, that's just not something I'm comfortable with. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. So as, as an alcoholic um, who smoked a lot of marijuana and did, did cocaine, but didn't, you know, it was, I mean, I was, cocaine was one of those things where I was like, whew, I don't think this is a good idea for Kevin, you know? Um, I, uh, I, because I knew this was bad. Um, I'll tell you the other example I have is that, um, I love going to Vegas and I love going to Reno and I love going to Tahoe and I love going to all those places. And I got to tell you something, man, I start going to, I start gambling and I catch the fever and I'm like, yep, nope, gotta go. This is not a good place for Kevin. And so even though I'm not a gambling addict, it's not something I choose to participate in because I start to get all the feels, you know? So I limit my gambling to the lotto, you know? I'm like, okay, that's, you know, <laughs> a four-day delay. I can handle that. <laughs> but uh, So anyway, I hope that makes sense. Um, I would just say be careful, uh, be, be watchful of it. I've never really met anybody that is a true, straight, 100%, no questions asked, just a drug addict that also drinks casually. I've never seen that work. Um, and that's by their own admission. So that's all I got. Well, this is this is her words, the mom's words. I mean, you get multiple treatments for heroin, you know, and then it says, I'm extremely worried about her drinking these past. Doesn't look like she's just having one or two, if the mom is already worried about her drinking. So uh, that's all I can say. Just wanted to say hi. You too can show up here if you want to write a question. Uh, but I'm just saying, it's already concerned. I think that there's an issue, but anyway, that's just yeah. what Kevin said. When someone has struggled for many years with substance abuse, is absolute sobriety the only choice? Can managing use use be a viable option? And how do I bring this up? Sobriety causes a huge fight. So just more, you know, so there Very seems true. to be some issues talking about maybe you need to get sober and then husband, I believe it's the husband or whatever, maybe ex-husband, whatever, uh, blows up. And so now she's late, now she's talking about the managing question. Yeah. So two things. Let's let's take two sides of this. Um, so is there such a thing as harm reduction is kind of the wording she's looking for, um, you know, managing uh, is, is absolute sobriety the only choice? Well, OK, so. No, it's not um, uh, for someone that struggles uh, with addiction uh, or alcoholism, um, it it. It is in the sense that when, when we, so here's what I would encourage this person to do. I want this person to do some education and some research into addiction and understanding. When Jay and I talk about alcoholism and addiction, we're talking about something he and I can agree when we, when we say that, we know what we're talking about. We're talking about someone that once they start, they lose control. Okay. And it doesn't mean that they wake up in the morning and start drinking or doing cocaine. 
It doesn't mean that they drink or do cocaine every single day. It doesn't speak mean for yourself, you Kevin. Speak for yourself. I've done it. <laughs> well, I have too, but I'm just saying that you know, <laughs> no. um, you know, there's, uh, but, but, but what we're talking about is the concept of once I start, I cannot stop or I cannot control, and I and I lose control. So that's what we're talking about in the sense of is it that's addiction. So if that's what I have, then yes, sobriety is my only answer because I can't just do a little. I don't understand a little. I understand drunk or high or sober. I don't understand in between. I've tried that many, 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 many times. So that's answer to question number one. And if you read my books, if you read Alcoholics Anonymous, if you read a number of other books, you'll understand that. Now, that doesn't mean that the person we're talking about is that kind of person. I'm just telling you that if this is the situation, that's, that's the reality. Um, managing is what we call harm reduction. So when we break up people that, that uh, use substances, we look at three categories, social use, hard use, and uh, addict alcoholic. Social use is someone who can have a drink or two and be like, whoops, whoo. <laughs> I'm feeling it, um, or I don't even want it. I'm good, thanks anyway. I'm I'm solid. Um, and then hard use is someone that you know definitely feels the consequences, but given a sufficient reason, like you're going to lose the marriage, you're going to lose the job, you're going to lose the kids, uh, you're going to lose your freedom. Um, they can control it on their own. Um, and a lot of people confuse that for addiction and alcoholism. Well, he was an addict. He was an alcoholic. That's not how it works. You know, alcoholic and addict is is a is a you you is or you isn't. That doesn't go away. Now and then there's the last category, which is alcoholic addict. Alcoholic addict is it's who you is, it's what you is, and you, you've got it. Okay, and and the only way to resolve that is to not drink or not do drugs. So how do I bring this up? Aha, that's a great question. That's the that's the big question. So. I want you to read my book. I want you to read Families and Addiction. The way you bring this up is you say, I love you and I'm concerned about you and I want to help. And if you're willing to try something different, I'm willing to help. But if you're not, then I'm going to have to set some boundaries with you. I'm going to have to put some distance between us. And that's about taking care of you, not taking care of them. And that's the shift that has to occur. And I think Jay and I will also tell you the same thing. When our families finally set that line and said, you know what? Knock yourself out. You can go do whatever you want, but I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not, I'm not going down this path with you anymore. This is your path. You're on your own. If you want out, you let me know, but I'm not doing this anymore. When that happened, that's when I started paying attention. So you can't fix them. Don't try. Offer them a solution. If they say no, that's fine. Then move on. Boom. Go to Instagram, Kevin W. Peterson. I think you can get a free book, a couple free books, if you say hope or something. Just yeah. mention my name and you'll get a free book. Yeah. Right? Send me an email. <laughs> Jeez. Well, Kevin doesn't know these questions. So I'm just telling you. I think it's very interesting that every week he kind of foreshadows questions coming on. So I'm just telling the public here, this isn't a setup. So uh, last two questions, I think you kind of hit on a little. 
And so it's interesting. We may be able to go deeper into it. Okay. What keeps you two going to meetings? I have been fighting demons for as long as I can remember, but I get bored hearing the same things at meetings. I do not connect with what is being said. Oh, a wise man once told me, if you don't like the meeting, go to a different one. And I've, I've never heard anything smarter in my life. You know, that's absolutely the best thing I can tell you. Um, you got to shake up the meetings. You know, if you're fighting demons, um, you know, a couple of things come to mind. Get a sponsor, work the steps, get a therapist, talk to a psychiatrist. You know, um, there's there's so many elements that's, you know, going to meetings, you know, and working a program is fantastic, but it's really just the beginning. You know, look at nutrition, look at exercise, look at meditation, look at therapy, look at, I mean, there's so many different things you can do to expand your life and expand your spiritual life. And that's really what it comes down to. And if you don't like the meetings you go to, shake them up. I recently did that. I, was, I realized I was in a rut and I was like, this isn't working for me. And I'm going to new meetings. I go to a meeting on Saturday mornings where there's probably 75, maybe 100 people in that meeting. And um, I'm going to tell you three quarters to 80% of that meeting has less than two years. And I love it. They are bouncing off the freaking walls, man. It is it is hilarious. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm not making fun of them. They're awesome. And guess where it is? The Budweiser distributorship, you know? Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have like a conference room, this big, big, you know, big room. And they opened it up. One of the guys works there. And they were looking for a room. And, and the, the distributorship said, hey, if you want to use it, go for it, you know? And we pay them, you know, we, and so it's, it's a straight up deal. It's awesome. And uh, so I love it. And then I go to a club meeting on Saturday on Sunday morning. Again, you know, I like, it's, it's a, it's a random mix of people, lots of different culture diversity and age groups and, and sobrieties. And that's what I need, man. I need, I need the, I need the whole mishmash, you know, Well, so. yeah, I get, I get a, there's a new level of connection. I mean, not, not hearing the same people and I probably go to breakfast or dinner afterwards and we probably complain about the people saying the exact same thing. So I get it. And, uh, but I also think there's different levels to it. I love the mindfulness and kind of 12 step approach. I, I see a lot more people doing mindfulness and meditation and, you know, wrapping the 12 steps principles into it. So there's a lot. And so, my, I'd be willing to guess, and if I'm wrong, maybe, you know, I have a I have a strong belief you're not getting a sponsor and you're not actively working the steps. And so, like, the people that I've heard say I can't connect are the ones that are not actually getting into the step work and sponsors and, and so forth. And male, female and stuff, I still go to two men's meetings a week, which I love. I mean, I grew up in recovery with these guys, and so they know everything about it. And I just love men's meetings, and I love, I mean, there's all different kinds of meetings. Kevin is exactly right. Switch it up. It's not a, I don't know where you live, so I can't really say I guarantee, but I'd be strong belief that there's a lot of meetings in the surrounding areas. And, you know, I Someone also said this. I complained about the same thing, and uh, that the people weren't doing the steps right. We weren't talking about the appropriate steps. And I remember some old timer telling me, like, if you don't like it, start your own step study. And we do that now. We still have the same twenty guys that show up, and 
I do my own step study. And lo and behold, I took his words. And anyway, now it's not my responsibility to get stale. No, All right. Last and final one. I love this one. I can't wait for you to hear. My oh, son's sponsor right. told us, my son's sponsor told us that he is unwilling to keep working with my son due to continued relapsing. Our son's therapist says his sponsor was wrong for making that decision, says AA isn't only isn't the only option. <laughs> I think we're getting closer and closer to officially. Like, I think Kevin may walk off pretty soon. And this is my goal. And I'm getting close to it, which I love. I need a He's turning red, people. This is good. Keep oh, questions God. coming. Keep uh, them coming. I couldn't make these questions up. Oh, my Lord Almighty. Okay. <laughs> Let's take a couple steps back. You shouldn't be talking to your son's sponsor. You really shouldn't be talking to your son's therapist. Let's start with that. Um, uh, I don't know. Okay, so let's hold on there. Let's I, if the son's 14 or 15. I want I want to say the 18, 19 range. Okay, then you shouldn't be talking to your son's therapist and you shouldn't be talking to your son's sponsor. That's completely inappropriate. Um and and the sponsor and the therapist know that, and that is completely, oh my lord almighty. Um, I just multi-layers. <laughs> yeah, so let's start with that. That's not appropriate. Um we don't, you know, here's the thing about uh, recovery, and this is so critical and so important. Um, we don't shoot our wounded. You know, we don't do that. Um, as long as you want help, as long as you keep showing up, we say yes. I don't care. I don't care how long. I don't care if it's the 85th time you've come to the meeting. I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter. You are welcome. I don't care. You know, I mean... I've had guys drop off the planet and then reappear and two years later, like, are you still my sponsor? I'm like, yeah, man, dude, it's, the... we're not dating. You know, there's no, I don't break up with people. You know, you need help. I'll help you, but you got to show up. I'm not chasing you. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that's not my job. If you, if you want help, I'll help you. By the way, it goes the same way with therapy. If you want help, I'll help you. It could be your son just doesn't want to get sober and stay sober. And therefore, you need to implement some boundaries with him and be like, look, bro, here's the deal. You know, you're 18, 19 years old. You're living off our dime. Here are the rules. These are the rules and regulations. And, uh, and this is how it's going to be. And if you don't like it, well, tough. That's just the reality. Um, you can't manage him. You can't, by getting involved in his sponsorship, by getting involved in his therapy, you're trying to manage your son. And boy, that is just not appropriate. I think you should be, uh, you know, senior, you should have a sponsor, you should have a therapist, you should be digging into your own stuff. Because at the end of the day, your son's going to have to get sober and stay sober because he wants to. Because it's his desire, it's because where he wants to go. Um, not because, you know, he's, the, the team is against him. And, and like, if I, if I was him and I found out that my sponsor and my therapist were talking to you, I would dump those people. I'd never talk to them again because I feel like I couldn't trust them and I had no privacy. So I, I really struggle with that one. And I don't think you're bad people. I don't think you're bad parents. 
I think you're probably worried and concerned and you're trying to do the right thing. And somewhere along the line, somebody told you this was a good idea and it's not. Let's just be super clear, it's not. Um, and so I would say, let's start over. Let's start from scratch. Let's take a, let's do a redo. Let's get it, let's sit down with everybody and be like, you know what? We love you. Here are the rules. These are the rules and regulations going forward. You need to get it together, chief. You know, and, and these again, this is how it's going to be. And we're not going to chase you. We're not going to regulate you. If you're going to use, then this is what's going to happen. You're going to go to treatment and not, not 330, 60, 90 treatment. You're going to go to 12 month, 18 month treatment. And we're not going to worry about this. That's how. That's what I would think. What do you think, Jay? I think this is multi-layered. I mean, you know, we know the, the email and we don't know the story and stuff like that. I mean, it's. Uh, I think there's different beliefs around sponsorships. I mean, I, I think I come from the lineage where you don't. I'm not going to chase you down and I'm not going to hunt you. But uh, I can honestly say, and I've sponsored a lot of younger-ish people that I've never once. I've had a couple the mom and dad reaching out and I'm just like, you know what? Uh, not appropriate. Uh, but you know, when it's therapist and uh, sponsor, I, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, cause I do, I, you're working with the younger po population. Mom and dad are always involved and so forth. I think this is, this is why you know, my answer is this is why I love this show because uh Families don't know any different. Mom and dad don't know any different. So there's a lot of people that don't know any different. I would love to get that therapist and talk further about AA and, and just kind of, I'd love to talk. I mean, I would love to talk to so many people in that situation and and get to the bottom of it. Um, but yeah, I think a complete reset. If it was, if I was involved with this case and I heard mom saying that to me over the phone, I would say it's a complete reset. Like we need to get a new therapist and a new sponsor and we got to start, you know, let me talk to the, the kid. And because I guarantee that kid doesn't trust anyone right now. So, uh, yeah. And not only that, he's, I mean, he's used to somebody running his life for him. So he's like, yeah, you know, screw it. I don't have to do anything. They're doing everything for me, you know. Yeah. And so let's let's start putting the, the responsibility back on the kid, you know. It's old, the old surrounding, you know, we see it all the time where I always say, like, take the pillows away. Like, sometimes he's going to have to scrape his knee when he falls because right now, and I had it too. So I'm speaking in the mirror when I say this is, you know, my mom and dad, everyone around me had these pillows. Like, when Jay falls, like, I, I want him to be protected and loved. But really, like you were talking about earlier in the show, when they finally took those pills away and said, Jay, if you're going to, if you're going to fail, if you're going to, you know, like, you're going to scrape your knee, the pillows are no longer there. We're not there to help you anymore. And that's when, you know, sometimes I needed to scrape a knee and you learn, don't do those things, you know? So same thing in life, same thing in recovery. Uh, we need to take the pillows away. So that's yeah, all we got. Totally. Yeah, man, I'm with it. I'm totally with it. I think that's kind of the way to roll. Um, yeah. And I mean, this is what the show's about. So, I mean, we laugh because we love it. I mean, this is what we signed up for. Keep the questions coming. Uh, you guys don't know any different. There's not an instruction manual outside of Kevin's books and a couple other really, really good books. I mean, which is the closest thing to uh, instruction manuals. I get it. Like, I, you know, parents and everyone's overwhelmed. So we're going to keep showing up, and, you know, for the next uh, two weeks, we won't be. But uh, this is why we do Family Matters. So keep the questions coming. Oh, yeah, you betcha. <laughs> All righty, Kevin, you're off the clock officially. 
Woo! All right, man. I'll see, I'll see you. May 1st, baby.